Good morning. It's my joy to see you here and to welcome you to God's family this morning. Um, am, am I very loud? Good, huh? Okay. Um, now, we are continuing with our series, The Kingdom is Here. And, and this morning's topic is uh, something that is very dear to my heart. Um, and I, I know also to, to Pastor Daniel's heart, I want to talk about our authority, all right? Our authority. And I want you to know this before we start, that today um, I'm going to use illustrations so that you get this uh, spiritual truth. You get it, all right? Because I believe very often that we know it up here, but, you know, we fail to appropriate the truth of the Scriptures. You know, what happened long ago when, we, when man fell into sin is something that we continue to pay for even today, after we become Christians sometimes. And so now, this morning, I hope that we deal with this once and for all, okay? Uh, now, paying for something, um, talking about paying for something, we recently had one wedding. I'm looking at a couple. They have stopped smiling, sadly, but... Uh... And we know that before the year is up, hopefully, God willing, we will see another two weddings. One coming up pretty soon, and another one we hope would happen before the year runs out. Um, and I remember a story about a boy who was a man who was about to get married and came to his father for advice and asked his father, Dad, I want to know something. And the father said, yes, son. And the boy asked the father, uh, you know, we're getting married. I just want to know how much did you pay uh, for your wedding and all of that, getting married. And the father sat down and looked at the boy. His brow was furrowed as he started to think. And he says, actually, son, I'm not too sure because I'm still paying for it. <laughs> and sometimes something that happens a long time ago, you, we still pay for it. And this morning, I hope that even as we go through the scriptures, we're going to look through a lot of scriptures, all right? Because this is a topic, the authority of the believer, could I have that on the screen? The authority of the believer is a topic that for years as a Christian, I never knew. Because it was never dealt with in church. It was never talked about. So I never knew this until it, much later in my Christian life. And when I discovered this, it was a real breakthrough for me. And so I hope it would also be the same for you. Now, this topic, I'm going to go back to the fundamentals. I will not get deep into the topic. I just want to talk to you about the fundamentals. Because this morning, we're also going to go back to our theme for the year, Restoration. So when we talk about the authority of the believer, I want us to look at the authority of the believer in the light of all that Jesus came to restore to us, in the light of restoration, okay? Let, let me start right from the beginning. I'm going back to the beginning of the Scriptures. I want to invite two people up here, and you know who you are, please come up. One sit here, one sit there. 
Okay, I'm going to go back to the beginning, all right? Now, I, by the way, am God. Okay? I'm God. This is my robe. Okay, the Bible says His robe fills the temple. Okay, this is my robe. So this is the beginning of time. And I, and, and no, blasphemy, I didn't create anything. God created everything. And God created all the angelic beings, all right? And this is what the scripture says. And you will see this in Isaiah. Uh, all the creatures that God created, all the creation, He created angels. Among the angels, there was one angel called Lucifer. And this was a beautiful angel. He was beautiful. He was radiant. In fact, Lucifer radiated the glory of God because he guarded God's throne and God's glory shone through him. He was also the one that organized the music in heaven. It was, he was an amazing creation of God. But something happened to him in Isaiah 15, and you see it up there. It says this, How you have fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. These were the names that God gave Lucifer. All right? Shining star, son of the morning. So you can imagine his beauty. And the Lord God says, How you are fallen from heaven. O shining star, son of the morning, for you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to the lowest depths. Lucifer, because he was so beautiful, so powerful, radiating the glory of God, he thought he could usurp God's place. He wanted to be like God. And so God says that no, this is not going to happen. So God threw him down. He was the one, Lucifer said this, he said, I will occupy heaven. And then he says, I will exercise authority. He says, I will, be, I will have all in subjection to me. He says, I will possess God's glory. I will be as God. So he, he was just talking about I, I, I. And he wanted to take God's place. And so what happened was God threw him out of heaven. And he brought with him, he, he, he conned one third of the angelic hosts in heaven, and they were thrown out of heaven. What happened was, Lucifer came and he occupied, he occupied the space around a planet called Earth. Alright? And then the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, that God decided to create. And Genesis chapter 1, Verse 25, 26 says this, God said, Let us make human beings in our image, like us. Alright? Um, next verse. And they will reign over the fish in the sea. They will reign over the birds in the sky. The livestock all the wild animals 
and all small animals that scurry along the ground. They will reign. They will rule. Next verse. And so you see, God put man and woman in a garden. All right? And he said this to them. He created man. He created a woman. He put them in the garden. And he created human beings in his own image. And then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and govern it. And so God gave man, sorry, huh? God gave man the authority to govern. Okay, that's a handler. Um, that's a symbol. That's a symbol that she's the boss. Okay. So rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And so God gave man the authority to reign, to rule. Okay, on earth, his boss. And then the Bible tells us in Psalms 89 verse 34, he says, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Meaning to say that God has declared man to rule, man to reign, and he says, because I have said it, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Meaning that I have said it, it's done. Man now is the ruler on earth. Are we getting this so far? Okay. We look at another verse, Psalm 138 verse 2. And the psalm says this, I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by the honor of your name. Your promises are backed by the honor of your name. Okay, listen, this is what I'm trying to get at. Huh? When God says something, it is done and God doesn't back down from it because he has uttered it. He will not violate what he has said. And once he has promised something, it's a done deal. All right? And his promises, God's promises, is backed by the honor of his name. That means his reputation is tacked on his promises. All right? His reputation is tacked. So listen, when you see the promises of God in Scripture, when God says He will never leave you or forsake you, and then you go through life feeling very lonely, feeling very lost, feeling almost abandoned, don't turn around and shake your fist at God and say, look, you promised to be with me, but where are you? The fact of the matter is God is there. Because once He promises, He will not violate His promise. And once he promises something, his promise is backed by the reputation of his name. It's backed by the honor of his name. So you must understand that if you feel that how come God promised this but it's not happening, it's not about God then. It's about you. You got that? Huh? It, it, it doesn't fall back. The ball isn't in God's court. The ball is in yours. And so you need to sit down and do some assessments. Why? Because God will keep His promise. The Bible says God is not a man that He should lie. Alright? So He keeps His promise. So now God has put man on earth and told man, you rule, you reign. You're the boss. And then He says, okay, I have said it. I will not violate my covenant. My promises are back 
by my reputation. So you ask me, okay, if man is the boss, man is so, what about angels? I'm sure angels are bigger than men, right? Greater than men. But listen, this is what the Bible says about angels. Huh? Of all of God's creation, man is now the highest. Because only man was made in God's image. Nothing else was made in God. Not even the angels, by the way. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, and you see that verse on your screen, angels are only servant spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Listen, angels are servant spirits sent to care for those who will inherit salvation, meaning to say that they are subject to the Christian. I don't know if that blows your mind. Angels are sent to serve us. All right? To serve us. Meaning to say, who in God's hierarchy of things, who does God place above all this, of all of His creation? It's us. It's us. We are the apple of God's creation. All right? And then the psalmist says this. Psalm 82 verse 6. I say, you are God's. You are all children of the Most High. And this is written by the psalmist. God looks at man and God says, you are God's. You are all children of the Most High. God's, if you notice, is small g, yeah? He doesn't say you are God. No, no. Because He's God. But He created man and put him in that position. Alright? He put him in that position. And He says, you are God's. And you are all children of the Most High. Angels can never claim to be children of God. We can. That is the privilege given to those who belong to God. And then the psalmist says in Psalm 115, The heavens belong to the Lord, but He has given the earth to the children of men. I'm taking this all from Scripture, so this is not some newfangled thing that I'm concocting. Huh? As I said, I never learned this when I was growing up as a Christian. The psalmist says, the heavens belong to God. Heavens in S, that means everything, alright? Everything that He ever created. The heavens belong to God, but He has given earth to the children of men. Meaning to say that, Man rules, basically. Man rules. Right? And then we know the story. Man was put in the garden to take care of everything. You rule, you reign over everything. Be fruitful and multiply. This is your domain to run. Now, I told you that the enemy came to occupy the space around earth. Right? The devil who was Lucifer before, now a fallen angel, he looks at this creation of God and he's filled with anger and, and, and all because he wanted to be like God. But now God creates this, in his mind, inferior being and given him or her in this case, made them in God's image. It didn't happen to him. Made this creature to reflect the image of God and gave this creature the authority to be gods on earth. He who wanted to be God 
was filled with anger and envy. And he plotted, yes, and he plotted to say, what can I do? How dare this happen? This is my area. This is my place. This is my domain. I want to rule. I want to reign. He can't go back to heaven because God had kicked him out. So this now becomes the target. Okay, this becomes the target. And so, while man was in the garden, God says, okay, you rule, you reign, this is basically your domain. Do anything you want. You can eat any fruit in the garden except for one fruit. This fruit from this tree, don't touch. Only one thing God told her, told the man and the woman. And then what happened was, the enemy came. And he says, okay, this is my chance. And what did the enemy do? Now, by the way, this is an apple. In reality, it wasn't an apple. The poor apple got a bad, bad stick lah, for this. But really, the enemy tells the man, this fruit is good for you. Because when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. But, but God said, if I eat of this fruit, I will die. You will surely not die. Did God really say that? He began to tempt the man. Alright? And the Bible says, the woman looked at the fruit and the fruit looked good for food. It looked good to eat. And so she took a bite after removing her mask. <laughs> the moment this happened, the moment she took the fruit and ate when God said don't and God said you rule, you reign you are the boss and this one comes and says eat listen to me, not God and she eats this is what happens authority shifted from the woman to the devil she relinquished her authority that God gave her and it became the devil's now Romans chapter 6 Verse 16 says this, Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? She chose to obey the devil. And so when she chose, when Eve chose and Adam chose to obey the devil, they became the slaves of whoever they chose to obey. Are we getting this church? Come on. All right? So that's what happened. So what God gave man, when God created man, now was taken. The Bible tells us that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Am I right? That's exactly what he did. He stole what God gave. And so she, man lost the privilege of ruling and reigning. Man lost his position as gods of this world. That shifted to the enemy because she now they now man becomes the slave of the one they chose to obey okay now i'm trying to make this as easy as possible so we get this huh all right now second corinthians 4 4 says this satan who is the what come on i want to hear you satan who is the let's stop there Satan is the God of this world. But I thought the psalmist says, you are gods. That the heavens belong to the, belong to the Lord God, but He has given earth to man. But now the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians, 
that Satan is the God of this world. What happened? This happened. Can we understand? That shift took place in the Garden of Eden when man decided to obey the devil. He relinquished his authority and the devil now becomes boss. He becomes the God of this earth. This was meant to be her position. Meant, meant to be man's position. But now the devil has snatched it. He has stolen it. He has destroyed her authority and, and, and killed her and robbed her of her destiny. Right? The devil is now the God of this world. So the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So now, he becomes the God of this world. She becomes his slave. Okay, man becomes the slave. He becomes the God of this world. Now, this was never the order of creation. It was not the order of creation. So God had to do what needed to be done to restore the order of creation. Now we're talking about restoration, right? This year. So that's why we're going to pray for families. We're going to pray that God will restore families back to what it's meant to be. Right? So now, even this, the relationship, the, 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 the position of man in the order of creation needed to be restored. But man now is subject because he's now the, the slave of the enemy. So what happened? This is what happened. John 1.14 We know this. Every Christmas we, we read of it. All right? The Word, who is God, huh? Beginning there was a word, the word was with God, the word was God. So the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So God said, no, cannot. Restoration needs to be, needs to take place. So God sends his son. God sends his son. Now listen. I remember when we were young, huh? um, these were things we were given, pointers we were given when we wanted to share the gospel. Why God had to come down to man. And the thing that we were taught is this. It's just like if we see a line of ants going towards food that is poison. And we want to warn the ant. We cannot come as a man to the ant and warn the ant. Because the ant cannot hear man. Paddy, you are smiling behind that mask. You also do this, right, last time? And so what we were taught is, so man have to become an ant so that he can communicate with the ant and then the ant will understand. Now, I, I, I used to share the gospel like this to my friends. And later on, when I discovered this, I realized that's not the reason. Because man can hear God's voice. God doesn't need to come down as man to talk. When Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan, the they heard the voice of God say, this is my beloved son. God can still speak. In the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, John and James heard God said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. So, that wasn't the reason why God had to become man. But God did. I'm going to explain to you shortly why. Why he had to be born physically. Because he could have just come down as a man just like that, just appear. 
30 years of age. Correct? Why did he need to be born as a baby and grow up? Huh? Uh, and all of that. And by the way, he would have cried as a baby like that, that, that Carol uh, laid. Uh, but baby Jesus, no crying he makes. It's all nonsense. Huh? All right? This is just a romanticized idea that Jesus never cried as a baby. He was the perfect, he was the perfect child, yes. But I'm sure as a baby, he will cry. Lah. If he doesn't cry, I mean, when children don't cry, they get smacked on the bottom a lot, no? So that they cry and draw breath. So he would have got a lot of smacks then. But he, I'm sure he cried. All right? So why would he need to become a baby and become helpless for some time and all of this? No point. He can just come there as a man, right? So that, the reason for him coming down is not because he needed to communicate with men. I've come to that conclusion. He needed to be born as a man. So when, when Jesus was born, okay, he's wearing white now, let's pretend. Huh? When Jesus was born, the enemy looked at Jesus and knew, oh, oh, this one different. Because Jesus was born with, he had a mother, the mother housed him in her womb. Am I right? But, while Joseph married Mary later, was Joseph the father of the baby? Come on, church. No, he wasn't the father. But this seed was planted by the Holy Spirit. If the seed comes from the father, Jesus would have been born tainted with sin. Because the Bible says we are all conceived in sin. Can you understand? So if he was born ordinarily and he was an extremely good man, he would still be conceived in sin. He would still be a sinner. But because he did not have a human father, but conceived of the Holy Spirit, this seed was pure. It didn't have the seed that contained sin passed on. Mary just housed him. Can we understand? So this is pure. This one, the enemy looked and recognizes this. And it says, oh, cannot. Because now this one was born the way man was supposed to look like. Can you understand? Alright? Because man is supposed to be like this, pure, untamed by sin, right? And so, if untamed by sin, it is man who should be the ruler, who should reign, who should be the boss. Because that was God's order of creation and one, God says something he cannot violate. His covenants. And his promises are backed by the honour of his name. So he recognizes this and said, okay, cannot. What I need to do, he put into motion several things. Number one, when Jesus was born, and when Herod heard that the king of the Jews was born, he, 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 he rolled out um, a murderous plot to kill all babies under the age of two. So all male babies were killed, and the devil moved this, moved the heart of Herod to do this. And so Herod began to slaughter babies, baby boys under the age of two. His hope was that Jesus would be killed and his problem would be solved. But God spoke to the earthly father of Jesus, Joseph, in a dream and said, take the child, take your wife, go to Egypt. And so they chabot, they left and they went to Egypt where they stayed for a few years. So this was preserved, okay? God's plan was preserved. The plan was through His Son, Jesus, who became a man. He couldn't, couldn't get Him. Later, Jesus grew up. He was 30 years of age. He got baptized. The heavens opened. The voice of God affirmed Jesus. 
as God's son. And then Jesus was taken, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and there he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and prayed. And then the devil said, okay, this is my chance. He's weak. He's not eaten for 40 days. He's not drunk for 40 days. Ha <laughs> ha, it's my chance. And so the devil comes to him and he tempts Jesus. He tempts Jesus. You're hungry, right? 40 days never eat, right? I can hear your stomach growling, right? Look at the stones. You are God, wow. you can change the stones, make the stones like bread, and then you can eat. At least you'll be, I mean, you already sought God for 40 days. I mean, enough lah to cook. Okay, eat, eat, eat. Now, could Jesus turn the stone to bread to eat? Can? Come on. But what would happen if he turned? It means that he would have listened to him, right? The moment he listens to him, this happens again, correct? Correct? Yeah. Because you become a slave to whoever you listen to, whoever you obey. But Jesus didn't. Finally, he, he, of course, three times huh, he tried to he tried to get him to, to, to listen, to obey, to yield. But Jesus thwarted him all three times. So he failed again. Okay? He failed again. Now, this is what the Bible says. Huh? Let's look at John chapter 5. You see that verse on your screen. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him the authority to judge because why? Because why? He gave him the authority to judge. Gave him authority to judge. Why? Because he is the he is the son of man. Now listen. Did God give him authority to rule because he is the son of God? No. Because he is the son of man. Now listen. There is a reason why Jesus continually called himself the son of man. When demons recognize Jesus and he says, I know who you are, the son of the most high God, Jesus asked the demons to keep quiet. Because when Jesus was here on earth, he operated as the son of man. Can we understand this? This is a very important, important theology, honestly. You get this right, then a lot of things would shift already, begin to, you begin to understand a lot of things. He is here as the son of man because this is what man looks like with authority. Alright? This one only gets his authority because he cons this one to give him authority. Can you understand? That is how the devil works, right? So, he said he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Now listen. I'm going to use a passage that we know very, very well. Are you? Okay. Philippians 2, 6. What is this? Okay, never mind. White better, huh? Philippians 2, 6 to 8. We know the passage. Though he was God, Jesus, huh? Though he was God, he did not consider equality with God something that he needed to hold on to. Can you see the contrast between Jesus? And the devil? The devil was not God, but he yearned to do anything possible to become God. Jesus is God. And he said, although he was equal to God, he did not consider it. He didn't consider it. Uh, he didn't consider equality with God something to cling on to. But instead, he gave up. 
his divine privileges took off divine privileges he took on the humble position he took on the humble position as as of a slave and was born as a human being okay he was born as a human being when he appeared in human form he humbled himself became obedient to god not this one huh? not the devil became obedient to god and died a criminal's death on the cross jesus died on the cross a criminal's death not because he was a criminal he died a criminal's death because he was a man he was born as the son of man he was never born as the son of god so he was born as the perfect man the way man was supposed to look like so when you read about jesus in the scripture understand every time you read jesus i was taught this jesus is perfect jesus the way he did things why he could do all this is because he is the son of god wrong theology he could did do this because he was the son of man he was how man was originally supposed to look like that was what jesus mirrored and modeled for us this is how jesus this was how you and i are supposed to look like when we live in our full extent that's why jesus says i come to give you life and life in all its fullness all its fullness means like this what jesus modeled for us okay and then the bible says he became obedient to death even death on a cross what happened on a cross colossians 2:15 okay colossians 2:15 listen very very important having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross so on the cross when jesus died he didn't die for me listen carefully yeah jesus did not die for me jesus died as me that's a difference come on can we understand this jesus didn't just die for me jesus died as me so when jesus died on the cross stephen died on the cross when jesus died on the cross wengin died on the cross rainy died on the cross okay when jesus died on the cross ayas died so jesus died as me and then what happens is he disarmed good thing he got hair so he looks very nice he disarmed the principalities and powers the powers that held on to what that robbed man of what man was supposed to have he disarmed them because he lived a perfect life he lived because this belonged to man and so now man has the authority again now listen again huh continuing from philippians 2:9 to 11 and therefore because jesus was obedient to death even death the, obedient to the father completely never was obedient to this so he was never subject never became a slave he was obedient to the father because of this god had elevated him to the place of highest honor gave him the name above every name okay that at the name of jesus 
Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth. Every tongue declare that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Meaning to say that for a season, Jesus took this off. He took off his divinity. He put on humanity. He put on humanity. All right? He modeled this for us. He was obedient all the way on the cross. He removed this, gave it back to him. And because he was obedient to the end, now God highly exalts him and he's back in heaven as the Son of God. Okay? Now, I hope this makes it clear and easy for you to understand. So, the question is this now. Huh? That is why the Bible, Jesus could tell the Christian, tell his disciples in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 19, so I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing shall harm you. Jesus could say that to the believer, nothing can harm you, the enemy cannot harm you because actually you have authority over the enemy. Can we get this church? Come on. Because we have the authority. This is what God gave us. This is what God gave you and me. This one has no authority over you. So now the question is this. But why I'm trying my best to pray, I still cannot get breakthrough. Why I pray for people, they're, not, they, they're still sick. I pray for myself, still sick. I pray for my family, my children, still like that. I pray for my business, business, still like that. How come, what, what are you talking about authority? We are all subject to a fallen world. Now listen very carefully. The only reason... When we take authority in Jesus' name, the authority given to us and it doesn't work, it's because in our lives, there are areas in our lives where we have done this. Can you understand? There are areas in our life where we have yielded and we have allowed Him, we have obeyed Him, whether it be in our business, whether it be in our family life, we have not, we have not stayed true to our faith, we have, not, we, have un, we have compromised in some area, Okay, maybe in our personal life, we have compromised through a habit or through something that we have done. This one area of my life, I want it for myself. As long as you obey, you become the slave of whoever you obey. Can you understand this? That's why He continually seems to have power over us, continually seems to have um, a one-up over us, and we still cannot break and shake ourselves free of His influence because we have given Him the authority over us. We have yielded. He cannot snatch it away. That is not his right. Can you understand? The devil cannot snatch it away because it's not the devil's right. God has declared you to be ruler and, and to reign. God has given you the authority. The devil cannot usurp what God says because what God has promised is backed by the honor of his name. And God will not violate what he has already covenanted. So he cannot snatch it away from you and force you to yield. You have to relinquish. You have to relinquish your authority. And so the devil has that over us, a hold over us because we have yielded and so we become a slave to whatever we have obeyed. Can we understand? I'm just using scripture, by the way, church. All right? I'm just using scripture. So if you want to see breakthroughs in your life, breakthroughs in your family, breakthroughs in your finances, breakthroughs in your health, you need to have some serious time with God and say, Lord, if I've yielded anything revealed to me, I want to renounce that. I renounce the hold of the devil in this area of my life. Sometimes we live 
very good Christian lives, but there's one area that we always continually yield to the enemy. That is enough for him to take control. If you surrender, we sang that last song, I do surrender, but surrendering to God. I would like us to sing that again. Surrender that, surrender yourself to God. All that you have, all that you are, surrender to God. This is what will happen. You take back what is yours. Because God has restored it to you because of what Jesus has done. On the finished work of Jesus on the cross, that has been restored to you. Authority has been restored to you. Don't allow the enemy to rob you and steal your God-given inheritance. Amen? Come on, let's stand up together, church. Come. And as we stand up together, the final verse. This is why Jesus says, you've seen me do these things. You've seen me do these things, but listen. In John, John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 12, he says, Whoever believes in me will do the works you have seen me doing. In fact, the Lord Jesus says, even far greater works you will be able to do. Now, if Jesus did all those works as the Son of God, that verse would have been nonsense. Listen, huh? if Jesus had done all the works as the Son of God, then that verse... You've seen me do these things, you will also do these things, far greater things. That verse would have been nonsense. But Jesus did all those things as the Son of Man. That's why He could say, you saw me do those things, you also can do. And far greater things than this.